guys, this is Sue Young, and you're listening to the show that calls it Straight Down the Middle, The Whole Reppin' Show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it Right Down the Middle, The Whole Reppin' Show. Hello, 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 hashtag dear listeners. Welcome back to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reffin' show. My name is Darren Beasley. My name is Perry Smith. And we are here and we are happy that you are listening to the whole reffin' show. It is episode 139, Perry, and uh, it's you, it's me, it's all the hashtag dear listeners. And uh, we came back on time. We're here. I mean, we're rolling, baby. We're rolling, 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 rolling. (laughs) Stop it. Uh, Yes, we came back the week after, uh, as we promised. And uh, we're we're here to make good on that promise because the Royal Rumble contest is coming up, folks. we got to talk more about that, give you updates on that. Uh, But that's not all. No, there's a a lot uh, more, actually. Um, I was going to ask. Uh, a dumb question, but I'll, I'll save it because I want to talk about this is the introduction. I don't want to ask my stupid question during the introduction. Uh, it's not it's not a stupid question. It's a question about a stupid thing. Okay, ask but, me because the anticipation is building up. Okay. Um, for some reason, when you said the week after, I thought 28 weeks later, and then I thought that was kind of a dumb sequel. And then I thought I had heard that there was another dumb sequel. Oh, there's always there's plenty of dumb sequels. That's <laughs> I shouldn't have put it up. Sure, sure. Is there a Quiet Place two or something like that? Maybe, possibly. I think it was some I, I, something like that. Uh, what did you call it? A Quieter Place? <laughs> yes, it uh, should be. Okay. If we're going by if we're going by '90s sequel standards. Which one broke that? I want to know which movie broke that. Was it Rocky Balboa where they went, no, screw it, dude. We're just, numbers don't matter anymore. Numbers and catchy uh, subtitles. Well, I mean, eventually, instead of just numbering it, it became like, uh, whatever, Requiem, whatever, Revelations, whatever, extreme to the max. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but there was there there was a time where they did that, but there was a number. It you know like, uh, well, let's say for example, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, isn't that Jason Takes Manhattan? Uh, oh God, you put me on the spot here. Uh, no, I but it, it was still they were still numbered though, like all the Jasons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what numbered. I'm saying. You you would have like, correct me if I'm wrong, Die Hard Two is Die Harder. Correct. It's not Die Hard 2 Die Harder. It's Die Harder, yes. It's not called Die Hard 2 Die Harder? I don't think so. Let me... let me. Okay, let me check, because now I have to know. Grabbing my phone right now. And let me uh, me go ahead and correct myself right now, ladies and gentlemen, because I I made the the crucial error of referring to them as the Jason movies when they are, in fact, called Friday the 13th. And I hate... (laughs) And I hate when people call them those Jason movies, those Freddy movies, uh, those Chucky movies. It's called Nightmare on Elm Street. It's called Child's Play, and it's called Friday the Thirteenth. That's that's actually uh, a pet peeve of mine as well. Okay, okay, no, Die Hard. It is called Die Hard Two. But is it called Die Hard Two? Die Harder? No, because it's just the uh, it's just like the tagline on the top. Oh, wow. Okay, Die Hard 3, though, is it just Die Hard with a Vengeance? It's Die Hard with a Vengeance, yes. That's not Die Hard 3. Okay, look up Friday the 13th, Part 7. Oh, yeah, I probably should have done that to begin with, huh? (laughs) (laughs) This is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, and we will talk about wrestling in a minute. Actually, you are correct. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. So, they were numbered... Uh, up until, uh, it's like Friday the 13th part six is Jason lives. Uh, part seven is the new blood. Uh, and then after that is when they go, Oh no, it's something else completely. Um, let's see here because Friday the 13th, the final chapter, 
Uh, I don't know my I don't know my Friday Thirteenth sequels as well as I used to. Let's see. Wait a minute. Where is Takes Manhattan? That's uh, like number six. No, it can't be number six. Uh, I, I guess... thought it was number seven. By the way, somebody listening right now whose Friday the Thirteenth sequel acumen is very high is about to lose. <laughs> Uh, number eight is Takes Manhattan, but it's still called Friday the 13th Part 8. That well, See, you keep saying that like you're contradicting me. That's exactly what I've been saying this whole time, is there was a time where it had a number so you could track it numerically. Oh, sure, sure. But it also, but it also had a subtitle. And then, of course, there were some that they had just a subtitle, or not even a subtitle, but like... Die Hard with a Vengeance. Sure, right? sure. No, no. Th- thanks to F- Friday the 13th movie franchise and WrestleManias, I never had a problem with Roman numerals in school. <laughs> <laughs> so you can say what you want about wrestling and about horror movies, but hey, I never had a problem with that in school. Thank you. Well, you know, that it's funny that you say that because that I need to write a letter to Vince McMahon and tell him, what a disservice he is doing to our youth by removing the Roman numeral numbering system for WrestleManias. Because guess what? I'm currently teaching the Bourbon Dynasty in my world history classes. And as I'm talking about Louis the 13th, Louis the 14th, and I'm writing the Roman numerals on the board, the kids are like, what is that? Oh my I'm God. Like, I'm, I'm seriously upset when some of them don't even know what Roman numerals are, and then others are like, oh, I know what that is, but I understand it about as well as I understand hieroglyphics. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, I grew up with the, you know, the WrestleMania VHS box set of the first 13. Sure, sure. And, man. All right. So on today's episode... We're going to explore if there is a sequel to A Quiet Place and if that was even <laughs> the movie. If that's even the movie I was thinking of um, and the, the dangers of Rocky Balboa as a movie title, the complete disaster of the Rambo. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, not to mention that, like, a- wait, wait, well, wait. Isn't, like, part two called, like, First Blood? Like, isn't that, like, confusing no. in itself? Uh, the first movie does not include the word Rambo. That's the right. First movie, the first movie is called First Blood. Okay, okay, okay. That's right. The second movie, the second movie is called Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Okay. Which should be called Second Blood, but anyway, <laughs> the third one is called Rambo Three. Yeah. And then, and then, the fourth one, which came out eons later, was called. Rambo. <laughs> and then I remember when they started making the uh, the new one, the 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 word around the campfire was that it was going to be called John Rambo. Yeah, it changed Rocky. names many times because they were like, In what do Rocky we call it? Balboa. Yeah. Right, in Rocky Balboa style. But do you know what they settled on? Do you know what the name of that movie is, the latest Rambo movie? Rambo? First Blood? It's called, it's called Last Blood. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm like, oh, they saved it. They saved it. The, <laughs> the, the, bu- the buzzer beater that is last blood. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Uh, that's all very, very interesting. But uh, so, yes. <laughs> the wrestling, right. Oh, yeah, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. wrestling. Well, we, we talked about very quickly to go back to WrestleMania and kind of put a cap on this whole thing. Put the genie back in the bottle, as it were. We, we've, we've discussed our, our, our dislike for uh, Vince McMahon removing numbers from WrestleManias and just making it WrestleMania, you know, play symbol, WrestleMania, eggplant emoji, wetness emoji. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about that. Um, And it's just, uh, clearly it's market research. (laughs) It's market research where people figure it's the ninth installment. They can't watch it unless they have to go back and and watch the other eight first to see what's going on, which is not the case for WrestleMania. You don't have to go back to WrestleMania 1 to understand WrestleMania 35. That doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But uh, it is what it is. I don't know. I guess Vince McMahon was like, let's liven things up a little bit. Let's uh, let's, let's do a little bit of spicing things up here and uh, uh, ruin everything. But Perry... Harry, I got a question for you. 
can you really understand WrestleMania 35 if you don't understand WrestleMania 1? That's fair. That's fair. And I do want to say, uh, speaking of the uh, the 13 cassette uh, WrestleMania box set that you and I both own, uh, which came out back in like, what, 97? Um, it would, yeah. we, we are, we are what, two WrestleManias away from that being triple the size, Darren. Can you imagine that VHS box set? Could you imagine VHS movies still being made? Because I can't. I can't do it. Do you know how big and bulky VHS seems today? Oh, yeah. When, oh, because here's another thing, and I promise we will talk about wrestling in a minute. I had to buy a new Blu-ray player the other day. I went to three different stores before I found a store that even sells Blu-ray players. (laughs) Blu-ray. It's the latest thing. It's the current thing. People still sell Blu-rays. Nobody sells Blu-ray players. I guess they thought, well, everybody bought one the first year they came out, and they'll last forever. Well, clearly they won't, because my old one broke. But I'm furious about that. And that's why, guess what? Uh, For my high school, my high school graduation, my mother bought me a dual-deck VCR Forehead and forehead, and guess what device still works at my house? The ancient VHS technology? Yes. Every DVD player I ever had, my first Blu-ray player, three or four turntables, a couple of receivers, every iPhone, dozens of laptops, video cameras, every electronic device that's cutting edge, state-of-the-art, broken. (laughs) and that dual deck vcr is still running so if i wanted to i could go put on any of those 13 wrestlemania vhs tapes right now and uh they i would be able to watch them in all their not high res glory but you know at least they're the original documents hey it's the original thing You, you put in the old ecw tapes and guess what you get the the old music you get the yeah the uh the the copyrighted uh music that was uh being used without the artist's permission uh, which is always nice um thank you thank you Polly. which uh again which uh it does remind me of your joke about uh how if you watch on the network even like ddp come out in wcw and it's not his music it's a ripoff of his music, which is in itself a ripoff of Smells Like Teen Spirit. So it's a ripoff of a ripoff. That's hilarious to me. It's good stuff. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. I guess Vince decided, or not Vince himself, because he probably doesn't know who DDP is. Uh, but somebody, <laughs> one of the attorneys, uh, or somebody that works for the network, decided we've got to change one more note, or we'll get sued by Nirvana's. Uh, you know, by Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain's estate. Sure. Oh, my God. All right. So today we are going to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about the Royal Rumble contest because it's the Royal Rumble is days away. So the Royal Rumble contest is days away. Most of you were very good boys and girls who signed up early, uh, you know, vote early and often. Uh, and you're in. You're safe. We're not going to say who you are, but you're in. You're safe. You're good. Uh, I've tried to, those of you who sent your entries in through Instagram, tried to get back a message to you saying, hey, thanks, you're cool. Um, But everybody else, you will find out uh, sooner. No, no, you won't. You'll find out later. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble contest. Uh, We're going to say goodbye to Rocky Johnston. We're going to talk about Tessa Blanchard's goof-em-ups. Uh, and how they may be much more sinister than just goof-em-ups. Uh, and we're going to talk about <laughs> AEW. Goof-em-ups. Well, way, to, way to put like a, a nice little, oh, yeah, it might not be so bad by calling it a goof-em-up. It's hey, adorable. Harry, it's adorable. A, a spoonful of sugar, right? A spoonful of sugar. <laughs> a spoonful of goof-em-ups. A spoonful oh, of goof-em-ups. It's... A- <laughs> It's it's the breakfast cereal. It's the breakfast cereal you, you didn't know about. Delicious marshmallows. Uh, goof em ups. <laughs> is it the is it the like the fifth in the like monster cereals? There's 
Count Chocula, Frankenberry, uh, Boo Berry. Then there's that werewolf one that like pops up every five or ten years. <laughs> you know? No. Do you not know what I'm talking about? No. There's a. You know what I'm. You know Count Chocula and Frankenberry. Yeah, and I, I know the ones that exist, Darren. Yes. But, why? Why would they withhold a cereal? It would come out. Every, like once every five years why is it so elusive you're not going to make any money that way i don't hey don't i don't work for general mills unlike <laughs> unlike rob van dam i am not from battle creek michigan oh, where yes. apparently all cereal is produced uh, <laughs> but i promise you there is a fourth monster cereal and it's a werewolf and You'll you'll see that in four in three four five years or however long from now it takes to come out, um, and you know it might come out this year because this is leap year. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe leap year is also werewolf cereal year. <laughs> well, there's a, they can only make it when there's a full moon. Is the, uh, the that's thing. right? There you go. We're getting all of our we're, we're getting all the streams crossed, but I think that if you'll acknowledge the fourth cereal then i'll acknowledge the fifth cereal which is goop em ups <laughs> uh, and i'm just gonna say that tessa blanchard a spoonful of goof em ups helps the racism go down oh wow wow <laughs> and uh and lastly but well yeah actually probably leastly uh aew gets uh gets some good news from turner network television drama <laughs> That's right. Click, <laughs> click, <laughs> boom. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part of the forty, um, <laughs> which, uh, which absolutely no, no one listening will understand. But Perry and I uh, are, <laughs> we are virtually shaking one another's hands right now because that's the best joke ever. For, for those you, who, who don't know, for, for those who, who don't remember, uh, for a very they still do this, but I don't. It, it might be called something else now. But originally, the uh, the previews before the previews, like previews for like an upcoming like TV series, there was like a, typically a host that would talk about like Maria Menudos would come on and talk about like oh the newest drama from TNT. We took a special well, look is, at whatever. Yeah, pre- this is the previews before the previews. In the movie theater, yeah, so yeah. So, but it was it took place about twenty minutes before the preview started, before the movie was actually start, was supposed to start, and it was called the twenty. But Darren, <laughs> Darren and I, Darren and I would joke about getting there on time for the twenty, and to get there even earlier for quote the forty, <laughs> which is just the twenty twice, <laughs> or, or is it the twenty twice? Do they show? Do they show the 20 twice? Well, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and say the answer is no, because that other 20, that's, that's the earlier showing is still ending at that time. Sure, sure, way. sure, yeah. Four, 40 minutes before your movie starts, there's another audience in there watching the same movie. So whatever we decide on, know that it is completely not the case. Sure. But here's the thing. Uh, in this hypothetical scenario where there is a 40, is it the 20 twice or is it another show that's actually 40 minutes long? In which case, <laughs> do you watch the 40 and you miss the 20 because the 40 plays over the 20? Oh, no, no. So it was, it was, like, a, it was like a little picture in picture of the 20 in the bottom of the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, well, um, well, of course we can't talk about that, though, Darren. <laughs> We're going to have to actually talk about wrestling. So we might as well go ahead and sink our teeth in some of these tasty headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, there is still time to get involved in our fourth annual Royal Rumble contest. Uh, we are getting this episode out a day or so later than we wanted to. 
So we are very happy to actually extend the deadline to the 24th, give you guys an extra day or so to get involved in said contest. There are still some spots available. Darren mentioned the fact that many of you have already signed up and you've already secured your spots. We appreciate that, but we don't want to make it seem like there are no spots available. There are some spots available, folks. So get in there. Give us an email at show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Subject, Royal Rumble Contest. Uh, send us your name, your social media handle, a picture of yourself, and uh, that's about all you need to do to uh, submit for the Royal Rumble Contest. And again, the way it works, folks, again, hashtag your listeners who've been listening for so long, you will already know how it works. But if you don't, just in case, uh, we get 30 people. And we randomly assigned them a number during Royal Rumble weekend. Uh, the number is, of course, between 1 and 30. The same as the participants in the actual Royal Rumbles, male and female Rumble. Um, and basically, whatever number you are assigned, that is the participant number in the actual Rumble. So, if number 6 is Andrade Almas, uh, or just Andrade, the, the short is named Andrade, right? That's it now? <laughs> Of, of course it is. Okay, I'm getting off topic here. Uh, so if number five, Andrade Almas, and you are assigned the number five, well, that's you if Andrade wins the Royal Rumble. If he's the last man standing, then that means you win the Royal Rumble contest. You see? Or if you get assigned number seven, and number seven is Asuka, the female Royal Rumble, she wins the Royal Rumble, you win the Royal Rumble contest. What do you win, Darren? Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know yet, folks. But it's going to be cool, all right? I mean, no, no. I, well, I mean, we totally know. And you <laughs> don't get to know. It is, it is to be announced later. Well, first and foremost, you win bragging rights, and you get to enter the Hall of Winners uh, over the past three years. Uh, the first annual Rumble Contest winner being Ryan Pate. Year two was Tom Breen. And year three was Roshan Rochester and Jason Maxwell. That sounds like a hall of wieners to me. (laughs) (laughs) I guess because they're all male. I guess that makes sense. Oh, well, that's what you... I I didn't say that. Your word's not mine. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, So get those entries in, folks. There is still time. And on our episode later this weekend, we will announce who the 30 participants are in the Rumble. So you definitely want to tune in for that episode as well. I mean, tune in for all our episodes, but if, you, if you're involved in the contest, you definitely want to know what number you are. So you're going to want to tune in for that as well. So that's it. Get those entries in. Give us a Gmail, baby. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Most definitely. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's always so much more fun to watch the Rumble when you have uh, y- yourself to follow and someone to identify with. <laughs> it is funny and uh, it's not funny for the for the individual, but it's funny to me to hear every single year from various people who were like, oh, great. I knew when I was number five that I stood no chance <laughs> or they, they were like, oh, man, I was number 29, but it was <laughs> no way, Jose. So I knew <laughs> I stood no chance. And, you know, that's that's the luck of the draw. And unlike the WWE uh, where everything is predetermined. This uh, Your selections are random. Your entries are random. Uh, and then how you how you match up with WWE's not-so-random uh, pairings, that too is really the luck of the draw. So you got three different ways in which you're randomized. So um, it's still fun. It's always so much fun. It is a lot of fun. And again, you will be entered in both Rumbles, the male Royal Rumble, and the female Royal Rumble as well. Two chances to win, so get those entries in. And also, on the next episode, where you hear those entries, you will get Perry and I in the return of Head to Head. Head to Head. As we make our picks for Worlds Collide and the Royal Rumble 2020. So the Royal Rumble contest is a good time for all. Sadly, we must shift gears uh, to very sad news. Uh, Rocky Johnson, the father of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, has passed away at the age of 75. Uh, obviously, this is you know very bad news. Uh, the Rock went on his Instagram and put a video up that was about eight minutes long talking about uh, his father and what had happened. Apparently, Rocky Johnson had a uh, blood clot in his leg 
that actually traveled up into his lungs, and from there he suffered a massive heart attack. Um, so, yeah, he he had issues with, uh, I believe, pneumonia at the time. Uh, Rocky Johnson, uh, this is hard to say. It's it's hard to talk about Rocky Johnson because you automatically compare him to The Rock, um, you know, Rocky Maivia, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, so, I mean, he, he left a mark on, on WWF, I can say, because this was a long time ago. Uh, he was uh, the first... Him and Tony Atlas were the first African-American tag team champions back in 83. They were the Soul Patrol. Um, so he he kind of left his mark that way. But beyond that, really, I don't know. There's just not a whole lot to say about Rocky Johnson. When I think about Rocky Johnson, I think about when we went to WrestleMania 33. And I saw, we were at WrestleCon. And I saw Rocky Johnson at a booth. And his booth was empty. And I was just thinking, like, man. This guy's son is the most popular person on the planet and, you know, is, you know, getting paid a zillion dollars to start every movie. And here his father is just kind of hanging out very quietly, you know, with a hundred other wrestlers in this room. And I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't understand, like, why The Rock, Dwayne Johnson doesn't kind of, like, help him out a little bit. I, I thought I'd heard, like, in the past there had been some friction like maybe things were not great between them for a very long time. Is that accurate? I don't want to be wrong about that. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I am certainly not uh, The Rock's biographer. And so I don't know a lot of the specifics. But I know that the friction you're talking about was centered around the fact that, you know, Dwayne Johnson made many statements over the years about not having a relationship with his father. Um, I think that that has been repaired over the last couple of decades but particularly the last decade or even half decade, because there was a time when The Rock was on top of the wrestling world and, you know, Jim Ross and Vince McMahon were giving, you know, more credence to Rocky Johnson than The Rock was. Uh, you know, I, I honestly feel like he only became Rocky Maivia because WWE wanted him to be that. Because I, I, I'm, as I understand it, Rocky Johnson abandoned uh, Dwayne and his mother, um, you know, if not outright and if not and if not permanently, it was certainly more severe than the typical, oh, I work for the McMahons. I wrestle 320 days a year, so I'm not going to see much of my family. I think it was more extensive than that. And, you know, that's that's not good. That's hard for any child to overcome. So. I don't really know much more than that, but I know that The Rock uh, himself, Dwayne Johnson, definitely didn't have a lot of nice things to say about Rocky Johnson for as long as I've really known about The Rock and cared what The Rock had to say about things. Um, and that's unfortunate. I really, I certainly hope for everyone's sake in that family that there was some sort of reconciliation just so that you know, Rocky Johnson can rest in peace so that Dwayne Johnson can live in peace so that what was, you know, fractured could be whole again and all that sort of thing. Um, but you never know. Uh, as far as Rocky Johnson, the wrestler, uh, you know, he came and went before my time. You know, the soul man Rocky Johnson, to me, uh, was when I look back in wrestling history, he's mostly notable because Yes, he was one half of the first African-American tag team champions uh, in the WWF uh, or WWWF, maybe. But it's his physique that separated Rocky Johnson. You know, Rocky Johnson was right there with superstar Billy Graham in, a, in an era where there were like, you know, there were circus strongmen type builds like Bruno San Martino. But but there weren't bodybuilders in wrestling. Sure, you know there were very few superstar, uh, Soul Man, uh, Ivan Putski. Uh, but outside of that, everybody kind of looked either like Bob Backlund or like Bruno Sammartino. But suddenly, uh, as Johnson and Graham's era kind of faded out, the the muscle man, the 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 bodybuilder physique became the norm because of people like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, and Jesse Ventura. Um, but, you know, so Rocky Johnson, I think that's a that's a major contribution. Uh, 
is a breakthrough for African-Americans, breakthrough for uh, uh, body types. And then, of course, he is the progenitor of The Rock. Um, but I, I do want to make one final point, and it speaks to your point about seeing uh, Rocky Johnson alone at, at WrestleCon. I find myself, I mean, absolutely torn every year at WrestleCon because what I'm about to say is going to be a little all over the place, and it's probably because uh, we, we do this show live, most of it, 99% is unscripted, and this thought is literally coming to me right now, so give me a moment, bear with me, while I put together what I'm trying to say here, and I promise I mean no offense to anyone. But there's a certain element that is present at wrestle conventions and the like where they're the kind of mark that is oblivious to reality beyond wrestling. They may understand the difference between a work and a shoot, but that's about it. They are completely dialed in to wrestling and they'll stand in everybody's line uh, and they'll pay thousands of dollars to get everyone's uh, autograph on a wrestling belt or a poster, and that's fine. But when I see people like that, I feel like they are oblivious to some of the more heart-wrenching elements that are present at conventions like that. Things that the move that Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler was built around. Things that 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 Virgil meme has thrived on for so many years and the experience you had of seeing Rocky Johnson like you did. Um, I'm the kind of person, and so are you, and so is our, our very close friend group that, that goes to these sorts of conventions and the like uh, from year to year to year since we were kids and now as adults, that we recognize stuff like that. And it's very upsetting. And we go to these conventions to have fun and to see people and to mark out and to laugh at people and to buy stuff and take pictures and just have a great time. But we're human beings and we understand the human condition. And when we see somebody that has either fallen on hard times in their life and or their career, or maybe it's just a strange, awkward moment where we catch them with no one in their line. Or maybe it's a combination of all those things, but we find ourselves a little disturbed by it a little bit like we want to remove ourselves from that situation and like, like buyer's remorse, like, Oh, why am I here? You know, why am I, why am I feeding this machine? Or you want to go over and like hug them and say, it, it's going to, it's going to be okay. <laughs> right. And of course you can't do any of those things. So it just leaves us having a conversation like this where it's just like, Oh man, well, you can't hug him without paying him like 40 bucks, Darren. <laughs> 20 bucks for an autograph, you know, 60 bucks for a picture, 40 bucks for a hug, uh, but don't talk. And $50 for a podcast appearance. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're some people, yes. Uh, so, yes. So, and, and to go very quickly, go back to what we're talking about or what you had mentioned about uh, when the likes of like Rocky, Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas who were just monsters, just huge body guys, came on the scene. Uh, it kind of reminded me, I've been watching a lot of early uh, early 90s WCW lately, and like Doom coming in, which is Ron Simmons, and uh, at that time, Hacksaw Butch Reed, uh, who were just monsters, and they're feuding against like the Rock and Roll Express, who those guys have always looked like just two guys from the audience who came in to the ring one day. And it's just like, this is not believable at all. These... Doom would destroy these men. <laughs> but uh, it, it reminded me of that. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're absolutely right. In fact, Doom never looked beatable until they were put up against the Steiners. I say until the Steiners. Yes, yes. Uh, well, with that, though, uh, Rocky Johnson left a mark on the wrestling world. I mean, I hate to say it, but ultimately that mark is he was the father of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But that is an accomplishment itself, uh, knowing how successful his son became. So, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, R.I.P. Rocky Johnson um, and condolences to your family, including uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, um, because... I hope, I sincerely hope that there was a reconciliation there. And, 
And if there was, uh, then, you know, all the millions of dollars, all the red carpets, all the WWE championships, um, you know, they, they don't replace the loss of a father. Uh, and you know, that's, uh, and if there's no reconciliation in a, in a way that that's worse, cause then there's always the, the what ifs and the why nots. Sure. So hopefully all involved will be able to find peace, uh, and comfort of some sort, uh, through the, you know, not so tragic and fairly inevitable, uh, death that, that comes to us all, hmm. uh, but is never, uh, in my opinion, never an occasion for celebration. I, <laughs> to get particularly dark here for a second, uh, I am not one who believes in the celebration of life uh, or, or the, the the death party. Um, you know, a, a funeral dirge uh, is is what befits a funeral, and uh, so yeah, there there we go. Well, that was a very sad segment, uh, and things don't get too much better either, uh, which would be some good news, uh, being that Impact Wrestling has a new uh, heavyweight champion in Tessa Blanchard, which kind of breaks a, a gender uh, barrier in the world of wrestling, but she's not the, the women's champion of Impact Wrestling. She is the heavyweight champion. She beat Sammy Callahan for the championship at uh, Hard to Kill. Is that accurate? That's accurate. She did uh, have her first opportunity to defeat Callahan at Slammiversary, uh, which is the worst name ever. But um, <laughs> she, she, she came up short there. But yeah, uh, I think that this is, um, I mean, I don't think, I mean, everything in wrestling is a gimmick. Uh, <laughs> everything is a marketing ploy. But um, I don't mean to diminish what it is, but I definitely see it as a, uh, as upping the ante. From, uh, oh, women main evented WrestleMania. Uh, Becky Lynch is calling herself the man. Well, guess what? Straight up intergender wrestling over on Impact. And now Impact is far from being uh, the number two, as it were, as TNA, I guess, by default was for so many years behind WWE. Impact is like boop, 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 falling down many rungs since it, what I consider was a dramatic downsize. Uh, nevertheless, I think it's a, a, an important move, a symbolic move. Um, that company or the legacy of that company is still important. Callahan's a big name. Tessa Blanchard herself is a name. Blanchard is a name. Um, so I think it's important. It's relevant. And it's only the tip of the iceberg that is the story of Tessa Blanchard at this time. Right. Because Tessa Blanchard winning the belt uh, kind of brought some some of her uh, fellow lady wrestlers out of the woodwork on Twitter uh, when you have some folks kind of uh, coming at Tessa Blanchard uh, with accusations of bullying and uh, even racism as well. Uh, Chelsea Green, uh, who recently was acquired by uh, NXT, WWE, and uh, Allison Kay, uh, kind of came out, and it didn't stop there. Uh, other people as well, Priscilla Kelly, Several other wrestlers escaped my brain right now. It, it seemed like it kept happening, so I kind of lost track. But uh, numerous ladies have jumped out, and uh, they're all kind of uh, coming at Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, this, this, here's one of my go-to cliches. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong, right? And uh, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're the person, if you're the person who's been divorced four times, you're the problem. Uh, so as accusations mount up, I mean, is it really a big conspiracy against Tessa Blanchard? Or did she do some dumb things? Did she say some ignorant things? Did she cross some lines? Was she inappropriate? Was she even hateful? Um, bullying is a pretty intense accusation. Racism, all in and of itself, is a terrible thing. But people get called, ra and I'm not defending racism, in any way, shape, or form. But people get called racist all the time, is what I'm saying. Sure. And sometimes they absolutely, you know, it's accurate. It's spot on, and they need to be called out. Sometimes things are misconstrued. But bullying and the accusation of, of spitting on people, those, 
those aren't things that are misconstrued. You don't confuse being bullied with something that is not being bullied. You know, you don't uh, confuse being spit on as being accidental uh, or not what it is. So, you know, those are things that are, are plain to see. And so as the, I guess, uh, tangible, definable accusations continue to mount, then they make the other ones, which like just, just accusations of, of uh, saying the wrong thing, those become far more believable because sure. you're like, well, maybe this, maybe this chick is a terrible person. Right. Um, well, even Dave Meltzer recently stated that one of the reasons WWE did not sign Tessa Blanchard uh, after the Mae Young Classic, uh, which I was I was very confused about because she did great during the Mae Young Classic as a competitor, uh, and they didn't sign her because apparently they had issues with her, uh, like backstage. Like apparently she was troublesome to work with. Uh, now Wow is uh, reporting the same thing. They had issues with Tessa Blanchard as well. So in the very in the very least, she's problematic. Now there are plenty of wrestlers who are problematic. And as you said before we recorded, and I, I really wish we got my genuine reaction to this when you said it, um, WWE hires horrible people all the time. Uh, they do! <laughs> I still got a pop. Okay, good, good, good. Woo! Anywho. <clears throat> but, um, the the main, I guess the, the worst part about this is the, 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 the incident in Japan. Is that what it happened? The wrestler, you know more about this than I do. You know more details than I do. Well, all I know is La Rosa Negra, which translates from the Spanish to the English as the Black Rose, uh, is apparently the victim, like the one of the uh, the spitting victims, I guess, of Tessa Blanchard. It's being reported that she's the one that was spat upon by Tessa Blanchard and then called a racial slur that related to, of course, the Spanish uh, translation of black, black rose, which is negra, sure. N-E-G-R-A, uh, the feminine version of negro, N-E-G-R-O, or negro, Spanish for black. Well, it doesn't take, you know, an Oxford education to understand how this individual took uh, a non-offensive word uh, that is in one language and turned it into a slang derogatory slur in another language because she might, again, might be a terrible person and isn't terribly clever. Sure. Uh, and so La Rosa Negra, a wrestler with whom I am not familiar, uh, in Japan uh, was apparently this victim of Tessa Blanchard. And I kind of got the ball rolling uh, at this point. Uh, I think Blanchard came out trying to say she did no such thing. Um, and she saw that the attacks on her regarding the supposed incident were, I guess, um, uh, in her mind, a, uh, a group of women attacking her uh, with no foundation. And then she tweeted as much. And the response to that tweet is when it really started to snowball because all of these other women that you mentioned, Chelsea Green, um, who like who has already made her NXT debut now, so people know who she is. I mean, people knew who she was anyway. She was in TNA for a long time. She uh, she's involved with Zack Ryder, um, and once upon a time she was uh, she played uh, I think a, she was an extra on WWE TV years ago. Uh, and she was, uh, Daniel Bryan had supposedly slept with her in an angle, uh, between Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Sure. But anyway, Chelsea, Chelsea Green is well known, widely known, well connected, uh, in the wrestling business. It doesn't benefit her because at this juncture, um, she has a lot more to lose, I think, um, Blanchard's got a pretty prestigious belt. She's a world champion in a men's division. What up until this time has been a men's division. But Chelsea Green, she gets out there and talks too much shit. She could lose her WWE contract and possibly even cost her, you know, significant other. Uh, his seemingly unbreakable contract where he doesn't wrestle for them. And yet he's, I guess, in, 
under contract to WWE forever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, all these women coming out and saying this stuff, I mean, it's hard to deny it when there's all these sources. It's pretty damning. It's all, I mean, a lot of solidarity here between the women wrestlers. And it's it's from all walks of life. People have been around for years. People are relatively newcomers to wrestling. All kind of, yeah, all kind of going like, because Tessa Blanchard tweeted something along the lines of like, you know, hey, women, like support each other and things, good things will happen. Something along those lines. And I, I mean, I jumped on Twitter on that day and I saw where people retweeted that, women retweeted that, and like basically put like quickly a very like a synopsis of what Tessa Blanchard had directly done to them. And it was like, whoa, like Priscilla Kelly put something up, you know, Chelsea Green put something up. And it was like, Ugh. uh so I mean it is pretty it, it is pretty damning, I gotta say, for Tessa Blanchard. So racist, maybe, possibly, uh kind of an asshole, potentially, probably, likely. All right, so yeah, so here's a couple things. Um, and this is neither here nor there, but uh, I am uh, I am a Southern man. I am very proud Southerner. Uh, as a proud Southerner, as a white Southerner, uh, as someone who considers himself uh, pretty woke, as it were, um, and certainly uh, progressive and open-minded, have been my whole life, uh, as someone who resents the entire concept that only Americans, uh, the the global concept that only Americans are racist, and then the American concept that only Southerners are racist, um, I, I and and of course you know that that makes me feel extremely targeted. Uh, I also am well aware that uh, you know the region of the nation in which I live was home to all sorts of racial atrocities once upon a time. Um, that That is a reality no one's denying. I am a history instructor. <laughs> um, right. You know, as a, as a student of history, as a historical writer, as a historian, and as a history teacher, you know, we, we just, I mean, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day. This is a nation that does celebrate African-Americans and African-American heritage, the African-American experience, I, for one, am extremely aware, appreciative, uh, inclusive, and celebratory of all cultures and all humans. But I do live in a region where there was a time only a couple of generations ago only one generation before us, Perry, where schools were segregated still, right? Sure. Where sure. theaters were segregated, hospitals were segregated, cemeteries were segregated, right? Um, and, and and two generations removed from racial slurs being commonplace. Um, you know, I, I definitely heard, uh, you know, people of the greatest generation – uh, throw around the N-word uh, like it was no one's business. And they were not aware that it was doing harm. And because of that, um, I will say no harm was intended. Uh, nevertheless, it doesn't matter what how you feel about saying a bad word. It matters how it sounds. Sure. Uh, so I say all that to say you got to remember Tessa Blanchard is a Blanchard. Her father is Tully Blanchard. Her stepfather, who raised her, is Magnum T.A. All right. She is Southern-born and Southern-bred, and when she dies, she'll be Southern-dead. And Tessa Blanchard comes from a long lineage of Southern white people from the wrestling business. Sure. All right. She's heard the worst things you could probably ever hear about another race, another sexuality, sexual orientation, region of the country. So that's somewhere in her DNA. That's not an excuse. It's a reason. It is, it is a historical precedent uh, in her life. Now, not to defend her, but just to present some contrary evidence, Tessa Blanchard dated Ricochet for an incredibly long period of time. While his ethnicity is no one's business but his own, uh, 
it's clear to me that Tessa Blanchard was not judging him on whatever uh, ethnicity or heritage or background, cultural, racial, or otherwise, uh, belong to him. Tessa Blanchard is currently engaged to a Latino. She's in, uh, engaged to the wrestler Daga, who go, whose real name is Miguel Olivo, uh, a Hispanic man, a Mexican man. Um, so for what it's worth, um, a lot of times, you know, we are who we come from. We are uh, tabula rasa. We are a blank slate, and we develop into the to a combination of the things that we're surrounded by. Um, does that always define who we are and how we act? I don't think so. So I don't know. It's it's certainly a problem, and I don't support Tessa Blanchard if she's saying and doing stupid things or hurtful things, uh, whether it's because of ignorance or hatefulness. Uh, or if, it's, or if she's just a bully for bully's sake, uh, that sure as shit is no good. Sure. Um, but right now, it's a whole lot of she said, she said. So it's really impossible to know. But it's a lot of she said, she said. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is. It's a lot of she said, she said. So on this one, I'm obviously, we're going to say, as we typically do, you know, judge for yourself, folks. Because um, that's, that's, it is, you know, hearsay. But... Uh, that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be in the camp, uh, Tessa Blanchard, probably an asshole. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and be in that camp. (laughs) I'm in that camp too. I'm in that camp too. Okay. I just, you know, you don't, you don't present a case without presenting the other side. There you go. There you have it. Some good news for wrestling fans. (laughs) We can actually get to something fun to talk about here. Uh, AEW, they're getting renewed on TNT. Up until 2023, uh, TNT execs, old-time Warner execs, pretty happy about AEW. Uh, imagine that, a Time Warner executive happy about wrestling. Oh, uh, wow. It, where it, were it, they in, in 99? <laughs> where were they in 99 is right. Oh, my God. The Oh, man. If, dear, hashtag dear listeners, if you did not read that book, Nitro, Get it now. You can get you a paperback copy off of Amazon. Dirt cheap. Excellent read. Is it about the American Gladiator Nitro? It's not. Oh, well, then I'm not, actually, I'm not reading it, Darren. I don't forget it. <laughs> uh, it's about uh, WCW Monday Nitro. Oh, okay. And we talked about it many, many episodes ago, and, and those of you who have been listening for a long time, uh, we're aware. Uh, we we never really deconstructed the book as a whole, uh, but it is an excellent read. And for someone like myself who knows far too much about wrestling in general, particularly WCW during that period, I learned a lot of things. There was some brand new information in that book for me. Um, so it's uh, an incredibly, incredibly well researched and thorough uh, document of, of that period of history. So there were two iterations of American Gladiators, Darren, right? <laughs> Nitro, well, Nitro was in the first iteration, yes? Okay. There was also a Siren. Siren, there's a female gladiator named Siren. And in the second iteration with Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali hosting, there was another Siren. And I never understood that. That's all I got. But it wasn't the same siren. No, no. No, it couldn't have been the same siren. She would have been like 20 years older. Uh, Okay, you don't just stop being a gladiator. That's that's true. (laughs) You don't just stop being a gladiator. True words never spoken. Saber is out there somewhere still being Saber. Uh, No, the first first siren was... Saber's out there with a giant pugil stick. (laughs) He's He's, blocking people. Yeah. Wait, who do we? What? Who? Which one? Who are we talking about? Saber. Saber. There you go. Saber's man. Saber was a man. Saber was a man. Correct. Yes. Okay. So he's got the like, you know, the the red, white, and blue, and and silver. Sure. Like lycra and the high top Reeboks with the double Velcro. <laughs> uh, and the real dirty, real, real dirty. Sure. And uh, he looks like himself, only he has a very big beard 
and uh, uh and, and he's but he's like you know he's at a bus stop and he's got like one hand he's got a like uh like anything helps god bless and in the other hand he's got a pugil stick and if you don't give him some money he will knock you in front of the bus oh wow and then, wow. And then and when he does the American Gladiators theme plays. Well, to me he's uh to me he's rolling down the road in one of those giant metal hamster cages. <laughs> I, I was going to say you you put like you put the gladiators in front of like uh like malls on Black Friday to like block people from coming in too soon. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Hey, hey if they, if that ever comes I'm going to apply for the job uh where I'm going to be on the roof of the mall. And I'm going to have one of those tennis ball gun launchers. <laughs> because as a child, I wanted that more than anything in the world. Yeah, I think we all did. I think we all did. Oh, my God, dude. That was so cool. Yeah. Also, you don't have I to be super to- buff to actually operate one of those things. It was literally just pull a trigger. But whatever, whatever. Well, yeah. And I didn't actually want to hurt people. I didn't want to kill people. I did want to give them a weird rug burn because <laughs> right. tennis, tennis balls are furry, and that's a whole other podcast. Sure, sure, sure. Why, why are tennis balls furry? Um. So AEW is renewed until 2023, uh, and not only that, they want to add another show to the lineup. It sounds like a second show is imminent. Uh, TNT drama. Um, clear, clear, they, boom! <laughs> they, they want, uh, they want more. So um, again, in, in light of that book Nitro, I want to say, uh, you know, you're you're not making all new mistakes. You're making the same <laughs> one. You're, you're you're opposite Jurassic Parking it. Uh, you are doing exactly uh, what WCW did. Uh, don't. Don't put the cart before the horse. Don't put the dart before the dynamite. Uh, it, it ain't gonna. It ain't gonna end well. The uh, the AEW roster is not vast enough to give you a good variety of wrestling to fill up two weekly shows and a pay per view once a month. It's gonna get watered down very fast, and that is something I know. Obviously, the like, hey, you want another TV show? Obviously, you say yes to that, but you're going to need to stack your deck a little more because there's all, like we said before, like these are, there's some very talented people in AEW and, you know, it's, it's still a startup. It's got a lot to learn. There are issues, but be like, you know, beyond that, there's still great wrestlers involved and that just saves the show every week. The wrestling's so good. Who cares? But, uh, there are only so many combinations you can make out of what you have and you're going to get real tired of seeing the same thing, and eventually it's going to become raw, where you've seen the same matches over and over again. So that, that's a concern. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the worst idea. That's the scariest part of it is them just doing another two hours of you know live wrestling or quote unquote live wrestling. If TNT will have it, and I'm the the bookers and the writers for AEW. I'm making. I'm gonna go out of my way to make sure that that show is very different and make it like I don't know, like a like a Tuesday Night Titans or uh, or something where at least half of it is shot in a studio. It's promos. It's vignettes. Like you know, the AEW is making some really interesting vignette stuff. Uh, but they they seem like they're saving most of it for their like Titan Titan not Titantron obviously <laughs> their you robot their their video screen like for their entrances their those entrance videos are amazing if they would just use those but turn them into little like story pieces make that be the part of your of the other show. It's uh, and I mean just talking about it now you forget there's already uh, there's already AEW Dark. On YouTube. Right. So there's already two shows, you know, essentially. So now it's going to be a third show, which means probably AEW Dark goes away because that's that might be a little too much, right? Um, I don't know if they'll take it. Yes, it will. Okay. But I don't know if they'll take it off of YouTube because they're probably counting on that for its own little thing. Like, 
yes, from a huge, from, from a, from a, if you step all the way back and look at it from bird's eye, it is just one more wrestling show, but the platform is so different. Uh, even though everybody's watching everything on their phones and their tablets and their smart TVs and YouTube is no different than TNT or on demand or uh, Roku or fire stick or whatever. It is different. It is and it isn't. I understand when I go to the TNT app or when I turn on uh, USA Network or go to the WWE Network, it's a different thing to go to YouTube. I feel like it's a different thing. I, YouTube has trained me to be short format. You're not going to find me watching something on there that's an hour long and certainly not, you know, unless it's some weird like Alan Watt lecture about hinduism where i can't click away typically if i'm just watching an episode of hot ones or it's some celebrity eating hot wings and it's no 15 darren, no long. you don't watch that darren no you you know if there were an hour long like 10 scariest places on the planet you'd be like oh yeah that, that, you'd watch it okay <laughs> that's, that's true <laughs> all right but not wrestling not wrestling on youtube okay I don't know. It's just a mental block. As a matter of fact, I'd probably try to. And as I were sitting there watching it, I'd look to the right at the little column on the side. And I would see like the five most disturbing photographs found in the military bunker in 1941. (laughs) (laughs) Number three will shock you. (laughs) And there are red circles everywhere. Red circles, circle by red circles. Oh, my God. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. So AEW uh, gets renewed 2023. Uh, not surprising, kind of surprising that maybe that announcement came so soon or maybe because it's being extended so far. Because um, AEW can only get more popular, I'd imagine, because it's, it's finding its viewership. It, I mean, it was built off of basically fans of indie wrestling and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um so now that it is its own thing, which is to say a Frankenstein of many things, um, which was its strength, but now it's just another wrestling organization. Uh, get off on that tangent. <laughs> a Frankenstein, but not a Frankenberry. Not a Frankenberry, not a Booberry, not a werewolf flakes, whatever bullshit cereal you said I'm exists. Gonna find it. Okay, I'm I, gonna... I, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so good for AEW. Uh, hopefully they can present this other show in a way that makes it feel like not just more AEW wrestling. Uh, that, that'd be nice. So, uh, that's... no, it won't, but it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be something. Well, folks, are you looking forward to more AEW on TNT drama? Click, click, boom. Are you going to join the fourth annual Royal Rumble contest? Let us know. There are a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want us, send us a Gmail. You can. The whole Refn Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W. That's how you spell the whole Refn Show. Come find us on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, if you're trying to get those last second Royal Rumble entries in, you can do it on the email or the Instagram. Do it on the email, though. And, uh, yeah, Instagram's a great place to follow the whole reference show. It is a great place, Darren. It is a great place. And you're a great co-host, and I'm happy that we're talking about wrestling again. Two weeks in a row. Look at us. Yeah, that's what I'm screaming. It's You're a good co-host, too. Aww. And we'll be back later this week, folks, for Royal Rumble Weekend, as well as uh, NXT uh, Worlds Collide. should be uh, a lot of fun as well. Very interesting card. Uh, can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to go head-to-head. Head-to-head. Because it has been a while, ladies and gentlemen. Looking forward to kicking Darren's butt once again uh, in my hey. predictions. Hey. Uh, what? You, what? 
Uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard calling that rumble because at this point, I don't know who's going to win the women's or the men's rumble. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, folks. We're going to find out more about that. We're going to talk more about that later this weekend on the only wrestling podcast that calls right down the middle, the whole ref and show. And by the way, my name is Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beeson. And we're going to catch you fools later on this week. We appreciate you stopping by. Hashtag dear listeners. So long.